Benchmark is Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Nikah de Masno, Duke Dilka Marham, Nikah de Masno, Duke Dilka Marham, Ye Farma Gay, Herasule Mokaram, Ye Farma Gay, Herasule Mokaram. یہ شادی ہے بے شک محبت کا زینہ یہ شادی ہے بے شک محبت کا زینہ باہاروں کی آمد صبا کا ترنم باہاروں کی آمد صبا کا ترنم نکاق دے مسنو دکھے دل کا مرہم یہ Six minutes after 11 South African time Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh It's a beautiful rainy morning here in Johannesburg And I see my beloved engineer Haji Suleiman Esop Full of smiles, he's in a good mood Alhamdulillah He will be with us from now till 12-ish inshallah I want to welcome the listeners of Sirius FM Haji Faisal Asmal and Hafiz Yusuf Asmal and company And I want to welcome the listeners of Merkaz the Sahaba The voice of Ahlus Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Remember, it's the seventh of Rabi'ul Akhir, fourteen forty-four. Remember, our WhatsApp number is zero eight four seven eight six three one three two. International overseas listeners, plus two seven eight four seven eight six three one three two. Well, the name Arafat, that's me, and let's welcome our beloved senior, respected, honorable Fadilatul Ustad, Hazrat Malala Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein Hafidahullah. Ustad, welcome to the bliss of marriage. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Ustad. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Barakallahu feekum wa Arafat. Jazakallahu khairan. Let's go, Ustad, to uh, Swazi. Somebody says, should we believe, dear Mufti Sahib, in Milad Islamically? If yes, and if someone doesn't believe in it, then should we marry them, Ustad? Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Nahmaduhu wa duswalli ala rasulihi al-kareem. Amma ba'd. All praise is due to Almighty Allah, the sustainer, nourisher, and cherisher of the universe. Peace, blessings, and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader, Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Alhamdulillah, we belong to the Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah, and we believe in the Noble Qur'an. We believe in the Sunnah Mubarakah of Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we believe, remember, in the fatawa of Sahaba. They are the best people, greatest people to walk on this earth after all the Anbiya, alayhimu salatu wasalam. And thereafter, we believe in the Allah, and we follow the four schools. So whether you call it Sirah to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you want to speak about Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Mubarak life, or Miladun Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the auspicious birth of Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you know we are now in Rabi'ul Akhir. And I was in Rabi'ul Awal in Durban, so if you listen to my talk, the one I delivered at Majid Taqwa, there in Sikau Lake, 
I know after Asr I had a nikah and after that was the meals and that and thereafter the same masjid I had. So I told them the talk tonight will be Miladun Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. What happened prior to the Mubarak Miladun Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? What happened during the birth Mubarak of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? And remember that what happened after the Miladun Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? So if a person speaks about it, the Miladun Nabi Sallallahu Wasallam, Siratun Nabi Sallallahu Wasallam, any time of the year, so it's very good, there's no problem, but there are conditions involved. There must be no kawali and no music, there must be no intermingling, there must be no videos, there must not be any fairy tale stories told. Sometimes people bring modu and fabricated ahadith and so forth. So all these are conditions and we must not consider it completely Compulsory, we must speak about it on the 12th of Rabiul Awal any time of the year. So then it will be acceptable. Remember that. Somebody says, I've been married now for about five years, Ustad, with two kids, a girl and a boy. However, my wife had birth related complications after our second child, such that she may not be able to conceive again according to a gynae. My question is, Ustad, is it right for us to conclude? that it is the will of Allah that we do not have more than two kids, Ustad. Remember, Almighty Allah Jalla wa'ala has mentioned in the Noble Qur'an that a person, Allah Ta'ala, gives him daughters only. And Almighty Allah Jalla wa'ala gives them sons only. And for some, Almighty Allah Jalla wa'ala gives them sons and daughters. And for some people, Almighty Allah doesn't give them any children. If you want any reference, Surah 42, Surah to Shura, verse number Number 49 and verse number 50. <clears throat> so remember that. So Almighty Allah teaches us in Surah to Shura. I read for you. Ya Abu Inasa. Allah Ta'ala gives as a gift to wherever He wishes, daughters only. So you see so many. I in Heidelberg, my neighbors, one neighbor had five daughters, no sons. Other one had two daughters, no sons. And Ya Abu Zukur. And remember that either He gives sons only, you take my father in law and them ten sons, then only the daughter came. So it can happen like that also. Oh, you so with whom the Quran or Inasa, you have sons and daughters. Then, then Allah, Allah gives you no children. So we married with Allah's help, Allah's mercy, no children. Sayyidina Sayyida Aisha radiallahu anha had no children. Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu anha had no children. Imam Bukhari rahimahullah no children. Hazrat Muhammad rahmatullahi no children. Hazrat Muhammad Nadwi rahimahullah no children. So that is all Kudrat Karishma. You got two children, alhamdulillah. But that don't mean you must believe what the gynecologists say. If Allah wants, He will give you more children. You keep on making dua. Chapter 37, verse number 100. Rabbi habali min salihin Oh, beloved Allah, grant me pious children, pious offspring. So if Allah wants, He will give you children. Ustad, I'm not understanding this question. It says here, I hope Muftisab is keeping well. Muftisab, we had an incident recently where Sister A sent a proposal for a certain girl for her son. And Sister B, knowing that Sister A sent a proposal, but she also sent a proposal for her son when Sister A didn't as yet get the response from the girl's family. Please advise to start. 
Mustafa Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wa sallam address all these type of issues wala khidba ala khidbi akhi khidbati akhi o wala yaktubu ala khidbati akhi o kama qala alayhi salam you will find various various words of this nature let's just make this a case study and we see ABC person has proposed for somebody's daughter somebody's sister right you know about it not that you don't know so now it's unethical, un-Islamic for you to go and you must remember do that. And that is that you go and propose for your son or your brother. So remember that it's un-Islamic and it's a sin for you to do so. You know that those people are still considering the first proposal. If they said yes, then for you to go and cause problem is haram that. If they said no, thereafter you go and propose, then it's fine. But why? Why is they still considering it for you to go and do that totally un-Islamic and unethical, remember that. And this is now sister, I believe two sisters, I think. Jews. Yeah. So, it, so you're causing more problem here. Now there will be tension, rows and ructions between the two sisters and so forth. So what you did is totally haram and not acceptable. Remember that, especially when it's because now you're going to cause rows and ructions between the children and so forth that's your sons and the, the sisters and then the children so all this will create a big problem in the family just ask them for mouth and from your heart not from the tip of your tongue and then inshallah the matter will get solved inshallah Amin, Amin. let's go overseas Ustad Mufti Saab I really need your help what is the best thing to do if you feel your marriage is falling apart there's hardly any communication it feels like we're loving our own lives instead of a marriage we are drifting apart here Mufti Saab and have been for about a year already. Please help Ustad. First and foremost, we don't know how long you are married. You are married five years, 10 years, 20 years. Second issue, we don't know whether you got children, you don't have children. So you both, husband and wife, you must have a meeting. You don't make war, war. That is fight with one another. You have to make jaw, jaw. Speak to one another. And then what you do, you must remember, write down the strong points. Husband A, B, C are the strong points when his weaknesses. Wife write down, or the husband writes the wives and the wife writes the husband. These are your good points and these are your weaknesses. Then Quran Karim states, وَالسُّلْحُ خَيْرِ Reconciliation is the best. Our function is jorna, not torna. So we should not be breaking the home. We must make the home and so forth. So how are you going to do that? Both of you, not only one of you, was that Quran Karim teaches us was sulhu khair. Reconciliation is the best. And you read, Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa dhurriyatina qurta a'yun. Oh, beloved Allah, you grant us our spouses. Although you're married, you must keep on reading it. Mm-hmm. And grant us our children wa dhurriyatina qurta a'yun. That are the coolness of the eyes. So that is number one, read abundantly. Even in your salat in Sazda, you read it today, it's Wednesday afternoon after Zohar. Read, read to Rakat Salat, read the Asma'ullah al Husna, the wonderful 99 names of Almighty Allah, Jalla Wala. Then Man Ahsaha, the Khalal Jannah, who reads it, looking inside also, you bahat it is all the better. Then remember, you enter paradise and read, Ya Wadu, do Ya Wadu, who controls the entire universe? Only Allah Ta'ala. Who controls the hearts only almighty Allah so inshallah
mashallah ya wadud ya wadud ya Allah you are the creator of love create that bond and that unity between us once there is the hearts are connected not only the bodies are connected the hearts are connected then you will find that unity of thought will come about and both of you will be on the same wavelength and so forth and ask your husband that what is the problem is there somebody else in his life ask the wife is there somebody else in the life you need to be honest with one another if you want to save a marriage then both parties must be honest with one another and only Allah Ta'ala can bring back that shine and glitter and inshallah if you're sincere that will happen give out charity daily charity removes calamities musibats and attracts the mercy of Almighty Allah while I'm speaking Allah Ta'ala just put this thought in my mind you know look at the Quran so many wonderful lessons chapter 7 verse 151 O Almighty Allah include us in your special special mercy O Almighty Allah you are the most merciful one to show mercy so inshallah in that way your marriage will be saved inshallah I see the listener says Jazakumullah khair dear Mufti Sab. 15 years of marriage three kids three girls who started yes so remember you can't just throw that 15 years marriage away <laughs> and what will the three children they will look at you one day oh ummi oh mother why did the home break oh abi why did you give divorce to our mother to our mother and your wife so all these are issues you'll need to think about therefore Quran Sharif says that remember they took from you your wives a solemn pledge is not buying a car or a cell phone or a computer you there you don't need witnesses it's not compulsory there you don't need you must remember that the permission of the girl's father or somebody here all this and we have a khutbah sermon to show you the sacredness and the importance attached to nikah and we have to maintain the sanctity of nikah we're not like the kuffar shia that you just make muta ye paakye 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 khomeini la anahullah writes in tawdihul masail which I have that for one hour also you can make muta so they promote prostitution we must be the ones who save our marriages and we promote a pure and a chaste society Somebody says you will start from Azadwal, my wife goes to the Khatams and there's 40 days, which I don't approve of Ustad. Is it my right to stop her from attending such gatherings, Ustad? Remember, we, the Ahlu Sunnah Wal Jama'ah, believe that you must make Isali Sawab every day. Just now, I went there to the barber, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm going on my trip now to Limpopo, inshallah. Amen. Today will be in Bella Bella and so forth. So now in a case like this, that somebody passed away in India. So they were telling me that somebody's father passed away. So I said, go, you know the dua? I gave you all many times. He said, yes. I said, give him this dua. And we also will make dua. Rabbana fili wali walidayya walil mu'minina yawma yaqumul hisab. Oh, beloved Allah, forgive me. Forgive my beloved parents and the believers the day the reckoning is established. So we must make dua every day for the deceased. That is Isali Sawab. Every day read Quran Sharif and we, the Ahlu Sunnah Wal Jama'ah, we accept it. The Salafis reject reading Quran for the deceased. We, we reject what they say. So you read every day. You give out charity every day. So that is what the Ahlu 
sunnah wal jamaah now you want to make taqsis specify from your side mm. on the seventh day on the fortieth day on the hundredth day that is not permissible remember what are you saying that 20 39 days we won't make and now we will meet after 40 days it's wrong all these things yeah so remember that is not permissible so we must make dua every day for the disease read quran daily and remember two quranic duas i mentioned to you remember so many a time that simple duas two lines surah 14 verse 41 rabbana filli waliwalidayya walil mu'minina yawma yaqumul hisab oh beloved allah forgive me forgive my beloved parents and the believers the day the reckoning is established surah 59 verse 10 rabbana fillana wa li ikhwanina alladheena sabaquna bil iman oh beloved allah forgive us and forgive our brothers sisters who passed away before us with iman so imagine two duas whether we know the person or not but remember is our muslim brother our muslim sister and the greatest gift we can give mm. them is our duas so that is what we should try and daily it should be done not after 40 days and 100 days mm. i see len south is with us this morning says ask mufti south is it bad luck to see the bride on the night before the wedding started in Islam, we don't believe in bad, bad luck and all the superstition and this, that. If the window or the mirror breaks, then it's bad luck. And if the black cat comes past, it's bad luck. All this we don't believe. It is an article of faith for us. Good, bad, happy, sad. Remember, everything comes from Almighty Allah. Now you're getting married tomorrow. So example, we're saying Thursday, Thursday night. Now tonight you want to go see the bride, the girl you're going to get married. Or they come and to see you and everything is ready and then you're going to start talking and all that. It's haram first of all. So you are total strangers before the nikah. Quran Sharif is very clear. وَلَا تَقْرَبُوا zina إِنَّهُ كَانَ fahisha. That remember, do not go near fornication and adultery. It is something that is obscene. It is something that is indecent and so forth and so on. So therefore, we must remember that Almighty Allah Jalla Wala is teaching us that you must not go near that. So if you want barakah in your marriage, then do things the proper way, not haram way mm. somebody says here mufti sir my kids have absolutely no respect for us since government introduced the new child laws so how do we discipline our kids who start remember that leave the government out for a little while we know that they're non-muslim today 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 i heard myself on the news the government is thinking one minister was speaking or his spokesperson was speaking and he said that the government is now contemplating mulling thinking that they want to decriminalize sex work what that means they want to allow prostitution for everybody basically <laughs> that any woman any male can become a prostitute can become this can become that you know in south africa you can park anywhere adam and eve adam and steve madam and eve all these type of things here yeah. so we must be clear on this issue yeah that each one of us must know that almighty allah gave us a system and that's a complete deen and so forth so remember 
remember that for you to say that how must we bring up our children before these laws came about. <laughs> ask yourself, be honest, how good a parent were you? Were you teaching your children the greatest models, the greatest character? No. We fail miserably. Majority, leave non-Muslim. I'm addressing Muslim parents. The majority of Muslim parents, we fail in that. See, I, you know, from Allah, Allah said, He puts thoughts and good ideas in our mind. I call it the C syndrome, A, B, C. Mm-hmm. Now the wife gave birth, right? Now it's a bundle of joy, excitement, all that. Now after one year, two years, three years. So what are we doing? See what we do. We will give clothing. We will give cash. We will give cell phone. We will give them computers. We will give them cars. We will give them all the seas. <laughs> but the greatest sea we didn't do. And what is that? Habibuna Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, authentic hadith in Tirmidhi Sharif, ma nahala walidun nahlan ahsana min adabin hasan. That the best gift a person can give, you must remember, is good character, good adab. So that is where we go. But we don't give them the true Islamic values. When did you, O oh father, spend quality time with your daughter? We just tell them, make tea, make food, do this, do that. When did you, O oh mother, spend quality time with your son? We just shout them, make your room, clean your room, do this, do that. Make sure you pass your exams in school and matric. <laughs> so that's what happens. Quality time, where you're going to build your child's future character, we don't do. Most, we speak of most, right? So that is where we are failing. So now the government, government is a secular government. What they worry about religion and all that. So they will tell you, you can't hit your child, you can't discipline your child. And now when your child is 18 and so forth and so on, then or 16, some countries, so they can do as they please. If she gets enough, she gets pregnant, Allah forbid she can go for abortion and you can't do anything about it so imagine all these type of laws you didn't see yesterday day before yesterday what happened in Durban the principal told the school the children the students there the learners that this year there will be no matric ball no matric party or they burn the school <laughs> so you must I mean this happened now this week yeah so you must remember that in South Africa you speak on this I just want to show you the real statistics. So you must remember you got girls from nine years and above, more than 100,000 of them pregnant in school. So now who you blame for that? So parents are to blame, government are to blame, and they are to blame. But me and you as parents, what do we do? We don't have quality time for our children. That we just send them to school, the teachers must look after them. Send them to madrasa, the maulana will look after them. What are you doing as parents? So that is the question we must ask. See the dua. Always you want to understand a problem, then read the Quranic dua. Surah 17, verse 24. Oh, beloved Allah, have mercy on them, the parents, as they nurtured me, trained me, and coached me when I was young. I was a baby, I was an infant, I was a teenager, all that. They look for guidance at the parents. When you look at the son, he's looking at his father as his role model. When you look at the daughter, she's taking her mother as a role model. And when we send the wrong signals, then that is what they like a sponge.
sponge and remember that they will then absorb everything from the parents. Mm. So we are to blame. The government is secondary, all that. But the primary blame must go on the parents themselves. Mm. Allahu Akbar, subhanAllah. Somebody says here, Ustad, if a female is Shafi, is it permissible for her to go for Umrah or Hajj without a mahram ustad? Totally haram. You must remember that to go for Umrah, totally haram according to all four schools. To go for Nafil Hajj and for voluntary pilgrimage, you made a Hajj already and now you want to go without your husband, without your mahram. Mahram means your father, your brother, your son, like that. So totally haram it is. And you must remember that in a case where it is that first hajj, then there's difference of opinion. The Hanafi jurors and scholars, the Hanbali scholars and jurors, they say that it is not permissible. So we must remember these things here, even for first hajj. And that lady must write a wasiyah. She leave 50,000, 70,000, 100,000, depending how many weeks that person is going to stay and so forth. And he will perform the hajj anil ghair, hajj badal on behalf of that person there. So that is what we must remember. The second one will be that in the case of Shafi'is and Maliki's, they say only and exclusively if it is a first hajj and this lady here, she doesn't have a husband or the husband is incapacitated or she can't find a mahram and so forth, then only as a last, last resort, Shafi'is and Maliki's say for first hajj only, not for nafil and voluntary hajj, not for Umrah so remember in that case then she can go she goes with a group of ladies who are reliable and so forth therefore we need to be very very clear on this issue here that this person if they go for Umrah now for example now November December January holidays whenever instead of coming back ma'ajur with reward they come back mal'oon they come back cursed by all mighty Allah Jalla wa so we need to be very clear on this issue listen to this one Ustad Muftisab I am from Lens I am not a grade A student but my parents said if I don't get uh, A's they will beat me up and break my computer and cell phone please Muftisab speak to them I am now afraid to write my exams this is Hafiz Ziyad Ustad so you must remember this. So in a case like this, Allah Ta'ala gave you the greatest gift. So in a case like that, you must remember that Almighty Allah, when He gave you the Quran Sharif, now your parents are suffering from the inferiority complex. And you must remember that when you are suff- they are suffering from that, so now they attach so much importance. If let's say you pass, I got nephews and them, they pass with eight A's and seven, nine A's or seven A's, Allah alone knows how many. Seven I know is definitely or eight is definite. Mm-hmm. So you must remember, so it's good, fine, but it's not end of the world if they got three A's or two A's or one A or no A. So you must remember that how many exams we wrote, we never got A's many a time. Sometimes you got A's and so forth and so on. So now for your parents to say they're going to break you up and break your computer, it's all haram, all these type of things. When you must Salat, they won't worry about that. 
when you miss your fasting, they won't worry about that. So where is our emphasis? Our emphasis is on that education which Islamically, you must remember sometimes, I don't say all, but certain things they teach us in the school, like the Darwin theory, evolution and all that, got no place in Islam, absolutely haram. So you must, for that, we put so much importance and for deen, we got no importance attached. Be honest about it. You must remember this morning, you did read Fajr Salat. When last you read Salat for five weeks, ten weeks, on time, all five Salats. So it never happened. But you must remember today, majority of Muslim parents, they don't bother about these type of things here, you must remember. So, and if you take South Africa, then our matric certificate is not worth the paper on which is written. You pass with 33%, 35%, 40%, and so forth and so on. So in a case like that, remember, it is a case of dwallu wa adwallu. The parents are astray and they lead you astray. Remember, parents, for you to beat up your son and break his computer and cell phone and do, is all foolishness and you're sending the wrong signal to your son. Your son is Hafiz, he will become the means, inshallah, mm-hmm. if he practices on the Quran Sharif, Amen. if he practices on the Sunnah Mubarakah, tomorrow he will become the means for your entry into Jannah, the Hadith in Mishkat Sharif, that when a person is a Hafiz and he practices on it, then you must remember that 10 people he will take to Jannah. So that is what your emphasis should be on. Somebody says, can we share wedding expenses, Ustad? Or must the boy pay for everything? It depends what you mean by this. So, number one is the nikah takes place now, today, tomorrow, Friday. Speaking of nikah, our Maulana Arafat, mashallah, has a program every Fridays. So, those of you, your sons, your daughters are getting married, so on this weekend, for example, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I know that there's somebody getting married, and yesterday I sent the invitation no. to Maulana, I must announce it. So, you also send it there. We won't attend your wedding, don't worry, but <laughs> At least we announce it. Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam said, A'alinun nikah. That announced the nikah. And his authentic hadith, Ibn Majah, Tirmidhi, Mishkat, Mustad Ahmad. So it must not be a secret affair. You must be happy about it. And so forth. Now the nikah took place. Then the husband and wife went into privacy. And thereafter they want to make walima. Or they spend the night together. The next day they want to have walima. And so forth. So now the boy and the girl's family say, you know what, let us share the cost. Walima is supposed to be from the boy's side, but now the boy say he only will invite five, ten people from your side. You say no. The girl's side say we want more people, 20, 30, 50 people. So he says, fine, if you want that, I can't afford that. So they say that no, we will share the expenses. So then it's fine. There's no problem with that. But remember, today we say nikah is sunnah. We say walima is sunnah. But what happens there in the walima? What happens there in the reception, what happens in our weddings, mm-hmm. I feel shy. I mean, just the other day, I think from Durban or where, mm-hmm. somebody sent me a message, my daughter or son is getting married, will you come and will you perform the nikah? I said, see, there, there are so many ulama there, I have to come perform nikah. And I'll just give a lecture, perform the nikah in the masjid, and thereafter make dua and go away. I won't come to your hall and your reception and your walima. You'll know what you'll do there. 
that you must remember 90% of this is haram the way the ladies dress the way the men and the women intermingle the videos are busy from A to Z all these activities are haram how can we justify it then so after that they forgot about it and they did me a favor so we must put down the cards from before you want me to perform you want us to come to the car we'll perform the nikah we don't charge it's all free of charge but the thing is when you speak of the meals and you speak of this then I told you if you want to share it but the problem today we have is this in that sunnat walima how many other haram things are taking place <laughs> so instead of being sunnah it becomes a haram walima so that is where all the problems come <laughs> Allah Akbar subhanallah well it's exactly 22 minutes to 12 we're going to go for an interval and we'll come back inshallah we will continue with the bliss of marriage stay tuned Marcus Sahaba the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah Marcus Sahaba the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah well, it's 19 minutes uh, to 12. Before we go for a question, we'll start listening to us to know, we'll start regarding your program. Will there be a live program tonight, live on Merka Sahaba Ustad? Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. We will live today, inshallah, for Bella Bella Wombats. None of the programs will be live on the radio. Wherever we are, you can listen there in the Bilal receiver. So, mashallah, we don't want to interrupt and disturb all the programs that are going on there and so forth. So, therefore, none of the programs are live. So, today, inshallah, Wednesday, we will be there a certain time before Maghrib, inshallah, in Bella Bella. And after Maghrib is the talk day in the masjid, you contact Mona Ibrahim Rawat. Then, tomorrow morning after Fajr, we will be there. Tonight, we will be there in Makupani. Take brother Munir, Moti, Mot Munir, Haji, not Haji, he's still in performance. Brother Munir, so inshallah, he'll give you all the details. And after Fajr, there is a program there in Makupandi, Portis. The Qadi Abdul Hamid is the Imam there. And after Isha, Thursday night, there's a program there in Makupani, Portis. Then after Fajr program and Jumma program. Then in the afternoon, we'll proceed, inshallah, Aziz, to Polakwani, Petersburg. And you must remember there, there is a program program after Isha. Contact Mahana Tahir Basa. And then we'll be there Friday night and day after Saturday morning also program after Fajr. And inshallah Saturday after Zohar there's a program in Nilestrom. Hafiz Rawat is there. So you contact him. So none of the programs live and you can listen on your Bilal receiver inshallah. Somebody says my husband wants me dead Muftisab as my mother-in-law left her fortune to me. We are on the brink of divorce. Can her son change her world as he says it's un-Islamic? Can you contact you after the program will start? No, you don't have to contact me anything of that sort there. First and foremost, you can just fill us in quickly with the, uh, this question I'm asking. Who passed away? The father passed away or the mother passed away? Who passed away? And then who are the heirs? So if there's a son, there's a daughter and so forth. So I'm just giving according to how the question is posed. But easy or not. The father passed away, and how many children did he have when he passed away, sons and daughters, and his wife is living or not? So that's what we must know. So if there is a wife living, then she gets 12.5%. And if there are children, then all the children must inherit the son's ratio 2 to 1. So let's take an easy example. You must remember, say for example, right, that the father passed away, so the husband passed away. Now he left the wife, so she will get 12.5%. 
12.5%. And say there are three sons and one daughter, just to make it easy. So 12.5% will be for the wife. 12.5% for the daughter. So that's 25% gone. And the three sons, each one will get 25, 25, 25%. That is compulsory according to Islam. If you deprived and you or you decrease the share of any of the heirs, then that's a major, major sin. Quran Karim states in number Surah 4, Surah Nisa, verse 14, And whoever disobeys Almighty Allah and the Messenger, and they exceed the boundaries and the limits, then remember that such person, Allah dispatches them to Jahannam for a very, very long time. And for such a person, there will be a humiliating disgraceful punishment so that is what we must realize somebody says Ustad that a family lady is a hafiza but she's so rude Ustad and insulting how do we deal with Ustad remember we don't know what you mean by rude and insulting and so forth and so on people will ask questions remember slanted so the answer must go in their verdict see I give you two three I'll give you the answer both ways so you must remember let's say that she tells you she's a hafidah she tells you that you are reading the Quran Sharif wrong right you are reading فَمَثَلُهُ كَمَثَلِ الْقَلْبِ You understand? It's كَمَثَلِ الْقَلْبِ yeah. That the example is that kalb like a dog, Quran says. But you went to go read it كَمَثَلِ الْقَلْبِ Like a heart. So she told you reading wrong. You can't read like that. So now you interpreted it. She's being very rude and so forth, right? Oh, you are not reading Salat. Oh, not reading Salat properly. So now she tells you this. So now people say, no, he's rude or she's rude. That's wrong. So you must make sure that this person is rectifying my errors or my mistakes and so forth. So many a time when we speak or that ladies speak or whoever, that they say something. Now people, to cover their own faults, they will turn the blame on that person and say, you rude or you are not, you got no manners and so forth and so on. We know this time, and Quran speaks of this. Balil insanu ala nafsihi basira. Deep down people know they are guilty. Walo al-qama But outwardly they will give excuses, excuses and all that. That is one. Second one is this. If she is saying that yes, you all are jahil and I am the only one and so, then obviously that is wrong. She can't make statements like this and all these type of things where she thinks she knows everything and everybody else is ignorant. That is rude. That is unacceptable. That is un-Islamic. So it just depends what the context is and so forth and so on. So I'll just give you one story. You like stories, you know. So Allah Ta'ala blessed him or her with the Quran Sharif. Just now that question came of that youngster who was writing matric or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you must remember, I give you one incident. You know, you all know or heard. Hazrat Muhammad Qasim Sema Rahimamullah. He started Darulum Newcastle all that. He passed away 2007. So Darulum Newcastle this year is 50 years. And the branch that is open in Cape Town is 25 years. Qasimul Ulum named after Hazrat Maulana. Right. So Muhammad Qasim Sema left South Africa 35. He came 1935, came back 44. He studied in Dabel all those years. One teacher of his was Hazrat Mohana Badri Alam Sahib, Rahimamullah. He passed away in 65 in Medina Munawwara, right? 
Now, you know in Baki that they recycle the graves, right? The thousands of people go, thousands of people pass away. So, obviously, that they have to recycle the graves. So, when they came to his grave, Hazrat Muhammad, the Alam's grave, so when they re- wanted to now recycle the body, Bilkul, Tirtaza, what they call it, Urdu, <laughs> Bilkul, 100% preserved, nothing. It didn't decompose, didn't dis- disintegrate, nothing. The Arabs, they were shocked. Now, this Maulana, India, Maulana, Pakistan, Maulana, whatever, from India. So remember that now you are, what happened? So they close it up. They make their own register, whatever. We mustn't go back to this grave. Then they came to the family, you see. And then there they said, what your father was doing, what your husband was doing, what your grandfather was doing, whoever they're speaking to. So they say, but everything was normal in those days. He used to read this Tajud, five daily salat, abandon Durud Sharif, abandon Quran Sharif, abandon Durud Sharif, all that and so forth. Said, no, there must be something, think. Then one family member said, okay, I'll tell you one special thing he had. Who am I speaking of? Hazrat Mawla, but the Alam Sabrahimullah. I didn't meet him. He passed away 65. Mosema used to tell us many, many stories about him. So this, so they then asked the family, tell us something special. He said, Molana's one habit was this. If young, young, small, small children also came, boy, girl, whoever, and they half is, half is are, he would never stretch his feet and his legs in their direction because he considered that to be disrespectful to the Quran. Imagine. You understood? So you're a half his young boy. So many a time now we stretch our legs. He said, no. is considered as disrespectful to the Hafiz and to the Quran Sharif. He said, right, that is why Allah Ta'ala preserved his body. See, <laughs> so we must Allah understand. So, Imam, you go read. I got the book by me. Tariq Azamiyah. Imam Abu Hanifa is buried there. Imam Abu Hanifa himself says, between me and my Ustad Hamad, there were seven streets. Not one day I can remember I stretched my feet in the direction of my Ustad, Imam Hamad, Rahimamullah, and that I considered that to be disrespectful to my teacher. But there's seven streets in between. So you see, Adab, Ma. مَا فَازَ مَنْ فَازَ إِلَّا بِالْأَدَبِ وَمَا سَقَتَ مَنْ سَقَتَ إِلَّا بِسُوءِ الْأَدَبِ In Arabic, the poet says, when you are successful, you will become successful when you have adab. Adab, respect for Quran Sharif, for Sunnah, for Mustafa, Sallallahu Alaihi Sahaba, Awliya, When you don't have that, then you will fall and you'll be humiliated and disgraced. So therefore, look at the argument both ways and don't make it a slanted question so the answer must come in your favor. Ustaz, I've got a Taliba. She says, tell Mufti I'm a Taliba of Deen. Running away from problems just makes things worse. But facing in-laws, Mufti Sahib, is like committing suicide. Their son is always right. What's the way out? If Mufti Sahib not going to reprimand them, I'm going to leave with my seven-year-old man, baby Ustad. <laughs> Remember that I don't know who you are. We don't know your husband. <laughs> we don't know your in-laws. And you want to make them outlaws and all these things they've been... But let's give advice. Our job is advice. Allah, Ad-deenu Allah. al-nasiha. <laughs> Deen is nasiha. Authentic hadith, sincere advice. I'm giving you advice like my daughter. I'll give you advice, right? 
First thing I will ask you, where are you living? Are you living with you, your husband, your small flower, your young boy, your young daughter, whatever it is? Are you living, remember, with your in-laws or not? If you are living with your in-laws, so you must demand that Islamically you are entitled to your own house, your own flat, your own outbuilding, your own dwelling, whatever you can afford. So that is your Islamic right. The biggest problem comes with you, daughter-in-law, mother-in-law, me-me, tu-tu, me-me, tu. You know in Urdu they say, I said, you said all. In the kitchen, oh, in that you must remember. I want to cook, you want to cook. She will say, you put too much salt, you put too much this, you put less this, all that. Then the jagra starts and that. And then the son, he comes, he look at his mother, is crying, wife is crying, and now he's torn between loyalties and so forth. So if that is the case, then you must demand, not request, you must demand that you got the right and you tell them that, you know what, because this is not going to work out, so I'm telling you all, I'll go to my parents' place and when you'll make proper residence for me, then I will come back and so forth. So that's number one. Then number two, if this, if they say that, no, they can't afford it and so forth, he doesn't have to buy a house, he can pay rental. And if the rental is exorbitant, tell your parents or what, your family, okay, we can also have a little bit and so forth, you know. So it's not compulsory, but just to save the marriage and so forth. And there's a child involved also, too. Third one, sister, that instead of saying, I'm going to make my outlaws, uh, in-laws, outlaws and whatever, you have to wake up today, Wednesday after Zohar, cry to Allah, dua, dua usilahul mu'min, is authentic hadith in Mustadak Hakim. Dua is the weapon of a believer. So you must remember in a case like this what will happen, that each one of us must be very clear on this issue here, that Almighty Allah Jalla wala, commanded us in various ayats, وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمْ مُدْعُونِي أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ That your Allah says, Allah Ta'ala says, the translation will be your Allah. Mm-hmm. So he says, call me, that مُدْعُونِي أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ I'll respond to you. So today after Zohar Salat, read two rakat, extra Salat, going to Sajda, make Dua, Tahajjud time or Maghrib time, after Maghrib, read extra, you must remember. So like that, you try to make the home sister. And don't let your in-law and the problems you got make your child suffer. Mm. That the handsome son, that beautiful Allah. daughter Allah Ta'ala gave should be a means of jorna that you and your and speak to your husband. He can't be so blind and all that. Everywhere he just sides with his parents. So that is blind allegiance. That's wrong. Habibuna sallallahu was asked, Mal asabiya ya Rasulullah. What is partisanship? So he said, the master sallallahu alayhi sallam said, Antu inahum you know a person is wrong and yet you're siding with him why because he speaks your this from your same jat from your same gam your same village or he speaks your same language or he is your same race he's an indian or he's you know uh, chinese or whatever else and so forth or he belongs to your same country and so that's not islam so Islam teaches us Amal bil ma'roof nainil munkar. What is right is right and what is wrong is wrong. We must not be looking for loopholes and so forth. Allah Akbar. I see your Taliba Ustad, she is crying and she says, If I was your Betty, what would you have done? I'm only twenty 
years old. I'm afraid of telling my Abu, Ustad. No, you must discuss it with your parents and you must go separate. <laughs> then 90% of your problems will be solved, inshallah. <laughs> Allahu Akbar. Somebody says... Oh, sorry. You see, my own family, I'm telling you, mm-hmm. more people ask me, they say there is a proposal coming from our daughter, our sister. What questions? I'm being honest with you. I tell them in this day and this age, tell them if everything is good and the proposal will go through all that. But we're telling you from the start that our daughter must stay separate. You mm-hmm. understand? I'm being honest with you that before we used to say live together, but today people, 90%, they can't tolerate one another. Sure. We know we used to stay in one house, and then that was father, mother's bedroom, that was my brother's bedroom with his wife, this was the other brother with his wife, like that, and so forth, and that before I got married, I'm speaking about. So everybody used to live together, but they, they had bigger hearts and small houses. Today we got big houses, but small hearts. Mm. So, that's where all the trouble comes. So therefore, that rather from day one, you make it clear that give us a separate home, then there's no all this fighting between daughter-in-law and mother-in-law. I see Ba says, uh, just come to an agreement, mother-in-law and daughter-in-law start from uh-huh. what bank? Where they can just come to agreement, everybody wants to be Khrut Bas. Remember that. <laughs> you know in Afrikaans what they say, uh-huh. they want to be the chief in the kraal. So say, they want to be the chief in the kraal. So that is the problem. Mm. Ustad, two more questions. Somebody says, is it sunnah, Ustad, for a married couple to stay out from his house on the first night by cook by booking a hotel, Ustad? No, remember, that's not, especially nowadays. So remember the hotels and that nowadays the people take their girlfriend there and take prostitutes there and so forth. How many people, they took somebody else's wife to the hotel, they took their girlfriend to the hotel, they took prostitute. Now their guilty conscience is killing them. So they phone, they contact us. I did this, I did sometime women, sometime men, sometime both of them and so forth. Why you want to start your marriage on a negative and especially nowadays? so you know we will never encourage that you must go to your house mashallah spend the night there Layla to Zifaf practice you're going to go to the hotel you won't even know where the direction of the Qibla by. so you must remember this type of things your marriage is to start on a positive note you must remember that and then you will inshallah grow in your marriage that is our advice to you Jeep. Uh, somebody says they travel safely move this up to Bella Bella will there be the Q&A there that's one question the other one says you will start I'm too attached to my daughter and now she wants to get married after what age should I let go because if the boy don't look after my princess I will kill you dead anonymous bravo start there will be Q&A wherever I am the night programs you understand we will give them time inshallah no problem with that second one we don't know what is the current age of your daughter but what she's 17 18 19 20 you must let go and that is what Islam teaches leave all this emotional talk I will kill him and this and that you are the one you have to give mashura and consultation to your daughter therefore Islam said la nikah illa biwaliyin there is no nikah that is valid without the permission consent of the father the guardian so you have to give permission so study may do your homework properly make mashura with the ulama and people from where age area that person comes he must belong to the Alu sunnah wal jama'ah mustn't be a shia and qadiani and all these characters 
factors who are non-Muslims and remember how's his income and how's his salat and all that and say from day one they must live separate. So these are basic issues and you as a father, mother cry, Ya Allah, give us a wonderful son-in-law and yes. so forth. So that I would not come, I'm to take out my gun and shoot him dead. dead, dead. You, that is all emotional she, talk. She but. turned 21 to the Ustad. Yeah, so you must get them married now. So you must remember that. She must get married. Not next year. Get them married this year, brother. So remember, that is our advice. Barakallahu fiqh. Jazakallahu khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Allah ta'ala take our beloved Ustad safely, inshallah, and bring him back safely, inshallah. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jamaah.